This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Let's read again 1 Corinthians chapter 12 before we take our seats. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Now concerning spiritual gifts. And I said that actually it says now concerning the spiritual. Brethren, I will not have you ignorant. That means it is possible to be ignorant of the things of the spirit. And Apostle Paul is saying that, or the Bible is saying that, no, I don't want you to be ignorant. You must know about them. Then we started from around verse 3. Uh, he said, I give you to understand that nobody said just a cause. Verse 4. Now, there are, let's read together 4 and 5. 1, 2, go. Next. No. Next. 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 Hallelujah. God bless you. you. Can have your seats. So, to another, to another, to another, to you, which one? <laughs> Hallelujah. Which one is given to you? So, we started last week and I, I dwelt on word of wisdom and word of knowledge. You remember? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you have been coming for sheep, when we were having shape, which we'll soon have again, I'd explained some of these things before. Interestingly, the nine gifts listed there by Apostle Paul can be divided into three categories. But there's one I want to pick on today. It's Bible study, first service. It can be divided into three categories. Category one, gifts that see or reveal. Category 2, gifts that do. And category 3, gifts that say. See, do, say. So, some of them are called seeing gifts. Some are called utterance gifts. And some are called power gifts. The three categories again. So let's look at them. When you talk about word of wisdom and word of knowledge and discerning of spirits, they are gifts of revelation. Discerning of the spirits is ability to say to the spirit realm and ability to also discern human spirits. 
The Bible talks about the art of man being desperately wicked and nobody can understand. Anyone with design of spirit will be able to understand beyond what people are saying what is propelling them. And you can tell what is wrong with people. Then you are also given ability to see into the spirit realm. So when Jesus said, which I had explained before, when he stood before that man, there are legions of demons inside him. The Bible said, for he had said, come out of him. And the spirit did not come out. So Jesus said, how many of you are there? And the guy said, legions. And that was the only time Jesus ever asked how many demons. He didn't tell us to make it a practice to always ask, what is your name? I'm from, where are you from? 17 mountains across the sea. If you entertain demons, they will entertain you. If you let them talk, they will just be entertaining you. Tell you stories. Tell you how you cannot cast them out. Tell him that uh, his grandfather that sinned. He had Pandayam. That's how I entered. He just be playing tricks with you. Because demons don't get tired. They will wear you out in deliverance. Except to learn to say what Jesus said to 99% of them. Come out, you found spirit. That's all. But to begin to find out about the etymology of the spirits. Where are you from? Elisha. <laughs> <laughs> are you with me <laughs> the demon just playing you and playing you and playing you till your whole day is gone so jesus made, made an exception here so he said the bible said the spirit so jesus said what is it said legion because many devils had entered into him next verse and they besought him that he would not command them to go now why can i think he was explaining this which i strongly believe if you were there that day, you will start by hearing one demon talking. When all the devils were begging him not to send them into the sea, Jesus told again that the gift of the signing of spirit was working that time. So the 12 disciples did not know what was going on. So all of them did not hear the spirit pleading. They only heard the voice of one demon. When a person has more than one demon spirit in him, there is a chief demon and there are subordinates. The spokesman for them will be the principal demon that occupies the man. And in case not take where you say go out, that principal one can go out and the rest can remain. But that's not where we are going today. We are not doing deliverance class today. I'm just explaining. Jesus cast out seven demons from Mary Magdalene. Seven. So if Jesus did not have the sign of the Spirit, he will say, you evil spirit upon Mary, come out. The first one will come out, but the many things will remain. And then you are wondering days after the deliverance, the person is still misbehaving. Because there are some other demons there that you did not cast out. Did you get that? Why did the Bible tell that Mary Magdalene had seven? Just to let you know that a person can have two, three, four, five, six, seven, or legion, six thousand. Because this human spirit is very wild, wide in the spirit. It has capacity to host. That's why God dwells in you. It shows how big you are inside. Human spirit is bigger than any palace in the world. Yes. Because man was created in God's image. So this spirit, remember, the man that God created in his image was not a physical man. 
Genesis 1.26, let us make my own image. It was in chapter 2 that God formed man and breathed into him. So, Bible says Genesis chapter 1, male and female, he created them. He created them as spirit being first. Then he formed Adam. And days after, we don't know how long Adam was alone for, then he brought Eve out of the side of Adam. But Genesis 1 27 said that God created man in his own image, male and female. And even after creating them, he started speaking to them. He said, Be fruitful, yet they were not formed. Did you get that? Yes, so the one that God spoke to was a spiritual man. Then in chapter 2, God now took dust and formed the physical man. And then he breathed into his nostril the breath of life. Actually, what God did was that he introduced, when he breathed to man's nostril, what he did was that he put the spirit he created into the body he molded. Did you get that? So man became a living soul. Amen. So this spirit of a man is very massive and can occupy God, can occupy Satan, can occupy demons. As many of them as a man wants to take. So, amen so Jesus said come out and all the spirits said that you know what we don't mind going out but can we go elsewhere don't just dislodge us we have accommodation problem so Jesus said go and they entered the ship and the ship went to perish inside the sea the gift operating there is designed to say but that's not my focus today it's just to say that it's one of the revelation gifts I mentioned one word of wisdom, probably a combination of the two the sign of spirit and word of knowledge. They were the two that walked when Gehazi left Elisha's house and ran after Naaman the Syrian, second Kings chapter 5. And he said, My master said I should collect the gifts I rejected before. And Naaman gave him so many. And when he came back, he came to stand before Elijah and he said, Elisha said, where did you go? He said, I didn't go anywhere. Elisha said, I, you think I'm blind? My spirit followed you. I saw it like watching TV when Naaman turned back and gave you gifts. And he told the exact amount of gift given. I said, you know what? You just incurred the leprosy of Naaman right now. Ability to see into the spirit. Elisha was in his house, probably eating. How did he know? For the people that are um, when you start having certain encounters with God, it's like there's a separation between your spirit and your soul. Your spirit can travel. Your eyes of understanding are enlightened that you'll see beyond what is obtainable in this physical realm. The Bible did not even say Elisha was praying. When it is time to see something, the Spirit of God will alert you straight away. So those two gifts work then. If the son, no matter that Gehazi was standing before him and pretended as if he didn't go anywhere, but he knew he went somewhere. Number two, he also saw exactly what he went to do, word of knowledge. And I thought that was also the gift that Jesus explained. When he said to remember by John chapter 4, that you have had five husbands before. He was seeing that for the first time. It was the combination of the two also that Jesus saw or used when he saw Nathaniel. When they called Nathaniel, he said, Nathaniel, a man in whose spirit there is no deception and Nathaniel said you know me and Jesus said before Philip called you when you were under the tree I saw you he saw him long time when I was in secondary school 
our father master teacher, who was in charge of the fellowship then, was tried to cast out a spirit from a lady. He was in charge of the fellowship and was a very vibrant man of God. And the spirit was this very stubborn one. And there was this brother that was very anointed. He was a student then. After a while, the spirit started shouting in the name of this guy. You can't torment me. In the name of this student, you can't torment me. So the father opened the door to look around. Is this guy around? No, he was not around. It was about 30 minutes later that he came inside the school. As at the time the man was praying, the guy had left the house and he started coming. The spirit knew he was coming and that he would cast him out. Why he was stubborn towards the teacher, we don't know. So when this guy came, the teacher had to ask him, so have you been around? He said, no, I just arrived now. He said, in the last 30 minutes, this demon has been shouting your name. He said, the demon must have picked you when I left my house. He said, so come out. You know, what is a struggle for somebody is bread for someone else. <laughs> at times, it's not, at times, not too much of who is more spiritual. At times, it's a function of who is the unction upon right now to be used at the moment. Do you get what I've just said now? So, hallelujah. Are you with me? At times when people ask you to, when people come to meet me to pray, I will just see the name of one of the pastors. When I tell them to somebody locked up, see, don't be a carnal Christian. What you need is a touch of the spirit, not for a particular person to pray for you. When Christians understand this, we start having greater results. If I mention some names now, they are coming there, and some people want them to touch them. Who says, and you don't get to ask questions that even these people you are talking about in their congregation, there are many people there that are not touched. There is no church on the face of the earth without sick people, barren people, and some of them, God, many of the God will visit before they're born. At any moment of time, you have people there so that you will know that power belongs to God and that you don't rush to a man that you are not sent to. Even when ministers come to some churches and they've been times when I go preach as well. So when you are praying, you are prophesying, prophesy, you spoken to people. Some are still waiting after service to see you. Because their, their problem is so unique that all the ones who send inside the hall, the prayers, they are not for it. The one is that me, oh, I have to. And you know, when people do that, even the demon that is gone, you call him back. The most anointed moment is when you are in an atmosphere of worship. When they are spoken over you, even concern your situation. Don't go and see another pastor again after the meeting and be waiting by his car. Now you see, you have not spoken. That this one that is doing me is superior to what you have said. That's carnality. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. <laughs> Anyway, it's actually working on miracle. I want to begin talking about it, but I'm, I'm just so we have. So whether it's word of knowledge or word of wisdom or the sign of spirit, they see. Don't mind me the way I pick on each one. I will just go. They they see, and I told that word of wisdom has to do with when you say about the future. When Samuel said to Saul, "When you leave my presence now, this and this will happen," he saw ahead of time, and it happened like that. When Jesus said to Peter, before the call crew, you would have denied me three times for a sick word of wisdom. 
And Peter began to argue. Number one, Jesus knew that that guy, that they, 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 they crow with, with, how do they say it? Three times the chicken or the crow. <laughs> the cock will crow, crow three times. Jesus knew that it was going to happen three times. And Jesus knew that before the third time, Peter would have denied him three times. Accurate word of wisdom. Most of the future promises in the Bible, they are words of wisdom. Hallelujah. When Paul said that the perilous time shall come, 1 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy chapter 3, the same scripture about end time. So we have examples upon example. This way I want to get to where we want to pick it from. See, once you are a prophet, these three same gifts, we actually, it's one of the ways of knowing who a prophet is. Many times, there are different classes of prophets also in the Bible. Some they call minor prophet. Not because they were inferior to others, but because of the length of their message. Like Micah, who gave a short message, a few, verse, a, a few chapters. Like Jonah, four chapters. Like Obadiah, the prophet, one chapter. So those ones are called Nahum, Zephaniah, and all those guys are called minor prophet because they wrote just a few chapters. But it does not mean that they were less or they were less or they were inferior to Isaiah and to Jeremiah. What makes you know the standing of a prophet is the level of anointing upon him. And the level of anointing upon him is not the time by the volumes of prophecy, but the effectiveness of the prophecy. I get what I'm saying. So Isaiah wrote 66 chapters. And you have like 66 Bible, uh, books in the Bible. A kind of Bible. Some of the prophets, the only thing they were told to say was the coming of the just one. Why? Apart from the length of their message, some prophets demonstrated gifts. They did not really give message. So there is no scripture like Isaiah prophesied for Elijah. Elijah did not write any book. Elijah demonstrated. Isaiah wrote. You look at as a matter of fact, almost out of the nine gifts, about seven operated Elijah's except tongues and interpretation of tongues. Elijah raised the dead. Elisha did. Actually, Elisha almost doubled the miracles of Elijah, if we read the Bible very well. Elijah did about seven outstanding miracles. Elisha did about 14 in the Bible. So Elijah and Elisha never wrote any book. But they were prophets that demonstrated and Elijah is coming back again. Because he didn't die. Probably he said that Moses had come back again. Now Elijah raised the dead. That is working of miracles. Elijah saw into the spirits. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Elijah even operated special faith. Gift of faith. Uncle the sign of spirit, he had it. And some of the prophets in Old Testament operated at least seven of these gifts. But because the fullness of the Holy Ghost was yet to come, only tongues and interpretation of tongues were hidden. So even Elisha to raised the dead in his time also. Remember the widow's son that died? He stretched his hand over the baby's body. Now, this is where I think I will get more into it next. Walking some miracle 
is unique because it goes by the name that is called working for miracle. You seem to know what to do for a miracle to be produced. Nobody had done what Elisha did before when that baby was sick. Second Kings chapter 4 and the baby died. He just put his hand, he stretched on the baby. Make sure it's not, not stuck the baby's nose, or the boy's nose, not the baby, boy, boy's nose. The forehead turned the boy's forehead, the man turned the boy's forehead, and he was lying down on the man. And the flesh of the boy became warm. And then life came back to the man. Who told Elisha that to get a dead person to come back to life, there must be body contacts for it to be generated? Nobody. When they said that, you know, the guy, if I, it, it looked to me like the most, the, the, the prevailing gifts of Elijah's ministry, or Elisha also, two of them, more of Elisha, two of them actually, was the gift of working on miracle. So they were cutting tree, and the axe head went inside water. How did Elijah know, Elisha, which, Elisha, which one of them, Elisha, how did he know that if you, that taking a wood, and throwing it on the spot. Give me that scripture. The ass head will come up. Working some miracle, you will do something that will produce miracle, but you will do something. But that's something you will do as to be an inspiration of the Holy Ghost. If you don't have that gift, you will not know what to do. So as soon as the guy complained that master, 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 the ass head is gone. And the man of God said, just show me where there is, you can learn a lot from that place. At times, you will not receive help until you can tell the spot where your ass head drop into. Your ass head in your life represents your cutting edge. The advantage you have in life, when it's gone, poverty setting and discouragement and depression and then people go from one prayer house to another at times you need the Holy Spirit to tell you exactly where did the ask elf as and fall into where did they fall into for some people it fell into a relationship you met somebody and your life went down in the wisdom of God if it does not show you the origin of your problem you might not receive help because even if the anointing comes on you and you go back to that same place, the anointing will go again. And the oppression will continue. So the man of God said, we have failed it. We have failed it at times. For some people listening to me now, might be a personal prayer you need to pray. If we were having testimonies before, if your life was swift, all of a sudden, things started going south, you need to actually ask God, we have failed it. Some know, we can ask them, some don't know what really happened to them, but God can help them when they ask. We are failing. Because your redemption will come from the same thing. From the same place. I get what I'm saying. But that's not, again, where we are going today. But that's just a message, by the way. Somebody watching and somebody listening here, actually the situation of your life, you need, to, you need the answer to that question. We are failing. What really happened? Why am I like this now? Many families will need to pray and ask that question. We are failing. Great stories have been told in the past, but everything is a tale right now. We are failing. What happened? Why were you so favored before? There's no favor anymore. 
The blessings of God don't evaporate with time. You must have strayed. Where fell it? What happened? Maybe somebody hearing me also. What did God tell you to do that you have not done? That's responsible for the delay you are experiencing. At times when the Lord gives an instruction and you don't obey, he doesn't give any other thing until you go back to that instruction. So it's like the, a chapter your life just closes and you are just there and no new chapter is opening. They called Kenneth Copeland, the richest pastor on earth. There was a time. It was this private jet that Rehabonki was using to do crusade around the world. There was a time, all of a sudden, the ministry got so broke. And they began to pray. And they said, the Lord said, when the Lord comes at her, he comes in, a, in a, like a very strong one. He said, but I told you like eight years ago that this is what you should do with a tithe of the money of the ministry. Do this, do this, do this. You started then and you stopped. He said, you disobey me since eight years ago you've been disobeying. He said, but you have worked so much in obedience and in wealth before then that even when you made a mistake, it took Satan eight years to, ca to catch up with him. Eight years. You understand what I'm saying? You know, you might have gone if it's like <laughs> you can describe different areas where people are in Christianity like Nigeria has a border with Benin Republic and then another part of our border with Cameroon. Another part of our border with Niger Republic. You understand what I'm saying? There are people that all they need to do to get to Cameroon is just to cross. People who live around Bakasi Oh, I don't know that area. They just need to cross the winter Cameroon. There are people in the north. They just need to cross the winter Niger. So, Bukwana operated between Niger and Nigeria because there was a border. I mean, easily to cross. If you are flying from Egypt to Israel in just 20 minutes or thereabouts, if you are flying from Nigeria to America, depending on where you are going there, some can be 11 hours. Why some can be far more than that? Because we are far from America. When you come into Christ, you can come in and stand at the border of the unbelieving world. If I some, it's like they are standing between it. One leg in, one leg out. You understand? <laughs> they are like Uticus. No, no, you know it's Uticus. That was the boy that was sleeping when Paul was preaching. And they fell outside. Interestingly, the Bible, there are no mistakes in the Bible. The Bible did not say Uticus sat on the window. The Bible says Uticus sat in the window. And look in James. Meaning that the window divided him into two. So Uticus did not sit on the window, will mean something like this window, you will sit with your legs inside your body, inside your body, but just sitting on the window. That's in on the window. But I would say Utiko sat in the window. What Utiko did was that he sat like this on the window. Half of him out, half of him in. When you are like that, that was the sin of Jonathan. When you fall, you always fall outside. So Paul preached for a long time. Utiko fell. And Paul went to pick him up and said, His life is in him. Again, we are coming back to Paul about this gift of miracle. So if you are here, you are Utiko's. You love God, but you love the world. 
You do Bible study in church, but you have some ungodly friends. You discuss even church, say things with them. You are Uticus. You will fall. Except to repair quickly. You can't have one leg in the church and one leg out. Jonathan went to tell David. He said, I know you are going to be king and I'll be the next. That was the divine, that was the divine arrangement. But what Jonathan could not do was that he was a priest. He could not stay in the wilderness with David. He went back to the palace. When battle came with the Philistines, they killed him and his father the same day. Even though he was a righteous man. But David who was in the wilderness, battle didn't catch him with them. Yes. In this world, there are many Jonathans also. They are with David in the morning, but they go back to the palace. Are you following me? Yes, sir. Well, sometimes when we are taking a topic, the spirit takes us around. Because some people, it's not the design of spirit I'm talking about that is the message for them. But what I just said about the axe head, that's their own message for today. What I said about Uticos, that's their message for today. Inside the message, there are messages. Yes, sir. Are you with me? And a preacher should not, when you sense by the Spirit to respond, say what the Lord is going to do. I've told this story before, I say, and I will be about to end. Because that's why we must pray. When God gives you a message, that's why I don't use sermon notes. Follow the leader of the Holy Spirit. I, you know, all of you know I don't, I, don't sermon, I don't have sermon notes. I don't have sermon notes. I write down when I'm studying and learning for myself. I don't learn, I don't study to preach. I study to grow spiritually. When I stand before the people, the Lord pulls out whatever he wants me to say. Now, listen to me. This is why we must obey the Lord. Digressing from the main message, same Jerusalem. I told the story before. When it was about eight or nine, I had an encounter with God by watching a robot on TV. But he decided not to have anything to do with God and he refused to tell anybody. They went for this Thanksgiving and in the family house on a robot was preaching. He was the only one in the city room. Others were playing outside. And the Lord spoke through the TV to him. And he said, ah, there's nobody heard. He said, he just thought that if I don't talk about it, God will forget about it. <laughs> so for years, in his, in his young mind, that was why he thought that, well, if I don't mention it to anybody and I don't do anything about it, when God is tired of me, we'll go and look for somebody else. So he never told anybody. If I decided to become bad, but God arranged that he married a girl. The wife was baptized in the Holy Ghost at age 8. The first time the wife saw him, they moved to a new area and was riding a bicycle on the streets. And the wife went inside the house. I think she was 11 then and told the mom that I've seen the boy that will marry. Now, so it sounded like, but you know what? It was said that the wife had told him that time, I said, I prayed, he would have run away. Somehow she didn't mention it until they got too close. Then they got married and she knew that. She just knew that this guy is my husband. And Jezebel refused to go to church, refused to have anything to do with God. The wife and the mom, they will go, they will try to nag him. Once in a blue moon, maybe once in five months, we follow them to church. And on the way, we will abuse the preacher that they are thieves. See, they call it raising money. And many of those people, they always come in to raise money then. Then, you know, a preacher will come and say, see, all of us are sinners. So he will talk to us, so why are we in church? He said, some of us we know already. But those of you that are coming to church, also you are sinners like the rest of us. So why, why should we come here? Then one day, when the wife saw that every attempt to get him saved failed, then Keneko Plan came to preach in their church. And Keneko Plan was different. 
John Wayne was a film actor that they used to call like John Wick now. So Kenneth Copeland was a young man that time. He preached. I mean, it was a lot of other preachers who preached faith. And so the wife ran home and told the mayor, I'm inviting you to that. This one, he said, that's how you say every now and then. Then the wife made a deal with him. Okay, you know what? I am too sure of this one. If you follow me to church once, I don't like the preacher. Till we both die, I will never invite you to church again. He said he was so happy with the deal. Do you want to sign it to writing? That you will not disturb me again. He said, you don't, you don't know me. I've not seen the man, but I already don't like him. The wife said, but at least come on. He said, okay. He said that they were so happy. He wanted to go to church just to go and hate the man. At least she would never bother him again. So that was the plan. And he said, but as they were going, so he told the wife that two things. That I'm going to sit down at the back. That once he says what I don't like, and I know he will, you come and meet me at home later. And the wife said, well, that's not new. I've been coming over myself before, so what difference does it make? He said, when they go to church, really, he sat at the But on their way, as they were about entering the church, just to the wife that Kenneth Copeland. That one, one hip-hop guy sang a song many years ago that the guy was saying, the wife said, shut up. You see, even we are taking you to church, wordless in your head. This Kenneth Copeland is a preacher, not hip-hop singer. He said, well, I just felt I should ask her, that on radio, there used to be one Kenneth Copeland that used to do a pop. Say, it's not, it's not the one. It's not the one. This one is a preacher. So they got to church. You know, Kenneth Copeland just put his Bible on the pulpit and he said, he was tapping the pulpit like this. So I don't know why I'm saying this. So I do know that in the early 60s, I actually released a hip hop song that went viral on radio. So just everyone was like, he said, now, the plan to leave the church to go home, he canceled that one so that he will carry the wife and inside the cathedral I go show to you didn't even let me talk I told you so that made him to stay see the wisdom of God and Kenneth Copeland went on and started preaching and he said I don't know why I mentioned this story that I, I once released a song so James I very sat down there okay now I'm not going on my head of this one I need to carry this woman so that inside the car and that made him to hear the entire message and when Kenneth Copeland was true, he just said, if you believe it to work, if you don't believe it to work, have a great day church and work. Ah, he said, John Wayne has come to church. So that one excited him. That he said, this one is different from all the preachers preaching as if they are reading Psalm. So he said, well, he didn't give light that day, but he was happy. Now, I think I like this guy. Then one thing led to another. He had an encounter with God alone in the night. And that was like God, and he's been following Keneko Plan since that time till now. There are two different ministries, but that has been his mentor for 50-something years. If you see how much God has judged Samuel for in nations of the earth, but a digression from the main message saved him. So when we move this way, understand, there might be a Jerusalem inside there. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Do you get what I just said now? Anyway, so let also go back to the message. <laughs> I, want, I want to stop in 10 minutes. Is somebody with me? Yes, sir. So, now, if you are a prophet, there are categories of prophets. And there are levels in which you step from one level to another. Depend on the grace upon your life. As you faithfully follow the Lord. Now, these gifts are not limited to the office of a prophet but they will manifest more in the life of a person that is called a prophet 
I have also told you there are four levels of vision. The lowest level is dream. Now, not that it's inferior to other types of vision, but because it contains a lot of mix-up, a dream can come because of your you are bothering yourself about something and then you go to bed. A dream can also come as a result of too much food. A dream can also come from Satan and a dream can come from God. Now, listen. At times when you're on your bed and there's a question bothering you, answer can come through a dream. Pharaoh sat on his bed and he was wondering what would happen later in Egypt and as he slept, it was shown that famine was coming. Are you getting what I'm saying? Nebuchadnezzar saw a vision in form of a dream so that is vision class one there is what they call spiritual vision spiritual vision you are not seeing anything physically but it's like it's playing out in your heart in your spirit you can see most of the time when kings are being called out during alien meetings it's more of a spiritual vision you can't explain it but you are seeing something inside the third level is what you call trance. Trance, you are not sleeping. But in trance, your physical senses are suspended. You can kneel down and be praying. Trance appears many times like a false creed. Like what Peter saw on the mountain. Rise, Peter, kill and eat. And he saw all kinds of animals. Trance, and then Paul saw trance. When he entered the temple to pray, the Bible says, Jesus appeared to him in a trance. And he said, Paul, get out of Jerusalem. They will not receive your testimony concerning me. Then there is the highest one, which is called open vision. Open vision, you are there. When John was taken to heaven, the old book of Revelation, open vision. Ezekiel chapter 1, Ezekiel's vision of God, open vision. There are many open visions in the Bible. In an open vision, you will, if Jesus comes to your house, you are conscious of your seats, you can see him as you can see another person. When he came to Kereko Plan in the hospital, he had seen him in vision before. When he came to the hospital, he came physically. He opened the door and sat down the hospital bed and began to talk to him. His hand was broken then. And he spoke to him for about 45 minutes. And then he entered the wall. Like he went into the wall and went away. When he was coming, he said he could hear the footsteps, but he thought it was a nurse coming. But he saw that there was something supernatural about the pace with which the person was moving. So he thought the nurse was coming through the corridor, opened up. When the guy opened the door, it was not the nurse, it was Jesus Christ. And he sat down on the bed. He said, I'll call the glory out where the room and he spoke to him for about 30 minutes to 45 minutes and then he vanished. Now, he could tell you where he sat. His hand was still paining him. It was not a trance. It was not. It was an open vision. In open vision, you are there physically. You are seeing everything. Hallelujah. Again, they follow this gift. So, now, I said that to say that when any of these three gifts are in operation, the communication of the Holy Ghost to you can be in form of a vision, audible voice, or strong impression. There are prophets, when they are telling you what will happen in the future, they are not seeing anything. It's like a script inside them. Well, there are some other prophets, as they are telling you, they are telling you what they are seeing. One is not superior to another. Because as you have five physical senses, you have spiritual senses also, and they are not the same. God reveals things to some people more through what they see. God communicates to some other people through what they feel. Some other people through what they hear. Did you get what I've just said now? Amen. Now, 
take prophets away, God communicates with you the same way. Take an average Christian or take 10 Christians. Some of them, you might have the ability to see. Some, the way God will communicate with you, you will never see anything, but you will perceive or you will know. For some other people, it will just be a message given to you. But you know one thing? No matter the gifts, no matter the gifts, no matter the vision, if you are very, very acquainted with the word of God, the word of God will produce more results than all of them together. Amen. Nothing trains your spiritual faculty like the word of God. What a person will have to see in a vision, a scripture in somebody's spirit will tell the person what to do. Faster than is the best technology in the spirit, the word of God. But we'll go to that at the end of the after talking about these things. So I might want to stop here today. But are you, are you getting what I'm saying? I was about to start with one of miracle, but I'm starting with the first revelation gifts, the, the three of them. These are not only for doing deliverance for people, and this is where we are going. These things are effective in your everyday. Every day, oh, you are a businessman. There can be a revelation, even if you're a professional, where exams will come from. You can actually operate as a career person, but that is very spiritual. Glory to God. Parents can actually help their children by understanding the way God will help them go. Gift of the Spirit. You know the school they should go for and the one they should not go for. Because when Paul started talking about this, he did not say that these gifts are for prophets. He wrote to a Corinthian church, the most carnal church on at that time, and he told them that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to how many? To all, all, all. So this is an opportunity for every Christian to go beyond your mind and live a life in the Spirit. Amen, brother. This is, this is wonderful. Amen. Ooh. You know, the entire shipwreck that happened, Paul did not see any vision. He just said, sir, he perceived that this ship will not make it to destination. How? That means, as we function in this, the possibility of an accident to a Christian does not exist. I'm not saying Christian who did an accident did not hear from God or anything. That would be, I'm not, nobody saying that. But I'm saying that from now, as we train ourselves in this, Paul did not see any vision. As we were about to step into the ship, he just stopped. And he told the people around him. He didn't even say God said, my spirit just picked an information now. This ship will not get to its destination. And the owner of the ship looked at all the safety stop protocols of the ship. I said, no, not this ship. Like Titanic. And the ship was wrecked. But Paul picked it from the beginning as they were about to enter the ship. He had entered the ship many times, so it was not phobia. He just picked it that this one we have problem. If he was not a prisoner, he wouldn't enter that ship. But they forced them to enter and God still protected him. All sisters will know which guy <laughs> will be a problem in the future. No matter how well together he is right now, when the gift is in operation, the reason for this is that the Almighty God wants to share his knowledge with you into seeing into the invisible realm. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Should I stop here today? I've told you before, if you spend time praying in tongues, these things will start functioning. And the more you do, I can guarantee you two keys into them. Worship and tongues will help you like never before. I, yours might not be seeing anything, it might just be knowing. But what you know will get to a point is accurate. That when you look at a deal, when it will fail, you will know, and you know this one will fail. It's true. Because you are not functioning by your mind. It's a supply from a realm where past, present, and future they are put together. See, in the physical realm, there's a separation by time. We are past, we are present, we have the future. But in the spirit realm, so Jesus Christ will always be introduced as, I am the one that is, that was, and that is to come. In that realm, they are combined together. So when you function by that realm, you can know what has happened that went wrong in the past, then you can know the future even though you are now. It's a grace given to every Christian. It begins with solid devotion in the place of prayer. But men and brethren, pray in the spirit, you will operate in the spirit. Did you get that? Praise the Lord. Spend quality time. But remember today's lesson in the Bible study of today. All the gifts were in the Old Testament except tongue and interpretation. Everyone. Yeah. Praise God. Samuel wrote a book, book of Samuel. Samuel operated as a seer. Samuel did not exactly raise the dead and do all the miracles Elijah did. Elijah and Elisha had power gifts. Samuel had singing gifts. But Elisha also operated singing, even though primarily they were prophets of power. Isaiah said that in the day that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. So Isaiah saw. Isaiah never healed anybody according to record, but he told the king what to do to get healed. That was another. Next week, we are going to look at about five places in the Old Covenant for working on miracles, and then we'll look at New Testament. Why the Bible says in 1911 that special miracles were wrought by the hand of Paul. Why special miracles? Hallelujah. If I ask you now, how many people want the gift of special miracles? Raise your hand. If I ask you that, if the Lord were to ask you that, which one that any two pick any two, which one will you, which ones will you pick? <laughs> Amen. So somebody is thinking that the gift of miracle does it include turning paper to money? <laughs> so I can carry on the paper and turn them to dollars in my arms. <laughs> Remember, it's the only ghost that controls them. Yes. The more you work with him, uh, the more frequent they operate in your life. But there are people, no matter the level of anointing upon them, all that God will use them to do is to write things. Watch man, the one they write will be so powerful, but they will not operate in power. Because it's given to everyone as the spirit wills. And you can't force it on him. Is somebody blessed this morning? 
Did you get what I've shared so far? Praise the Lord. If I ask you, truly, write down two gifts that you really want. So we have to go back and go back to what I said. But okay, let me think. What are the nine again? No? <laughs> so you know which one? <laughs> Hallelujah. The sign of spirit is not the sign of demons. When your eyes are open to see angels, also is part of it. So the only thing you see is not demon, not witches. Because that's the only sign of people see is demon they see. If you are seeing them every now and then, you have a problem. You need help. If your eyes are open to the spiritual, you see angels. Not only demons. Hallelujah. But I just want to pray for everybody this morning that this seeing gifts, whichever way God wants you to operate in them, may they rest on you in the name of Jesus Christ. May you see beyond what your physical senses can act. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let's rise. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.